0: back kids and thanks for listening as we enter into phase three of our morbius exploration and celebration in great anticipation of morbius coming to the big screen on april 1st in this episode doc and i will be delving into morbius the living vampire volume two doc how are you great angus how are you doing great doing great so doc as we were taking folks on our journey and providing them with some I believe valuable context I'd like to remind our listeners of once we entered into the 2000s, what was the atmosphere here for Vampires and Pop Culture? In the early 2000s we had Blade movies 2 and 3 come out. In 2002 we had 30 Days of Night, the comic book miniseries 2003 we had Underworld the movie come out. The Twilight Saga books come out in 2005. Blade Volume 1 Undead Again in comics in 2006, Blade, the TV series, come out in 2006. and 2007, finally, 30 Days of Night, the movie, would hit the big screen. In 2008, we'd have the Twilight Saga of movies come out and films start. In 2008, you'd have HBO respond with True Blood, the cable series. And then in 2008, you'd have the BBC come out with their TV series being human. And Doc, I know you also added some other touch points in there. But then once we entered into the 2010s, Doc and I both Identified a bit of a slowing down of this vampire craze in pop culture. Yes, you still had the Twilight Saga going strong and the Underworld Saga going strong, but you had a Frank Knight remake that, although good, was essentially a frame for frame remake of that original tale that we had back in '85. In 2012, we had Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. In 2012, we also had Dark Shadows. And then in 2014, we had the very farps, farcical, whimsical, and just absolutely delightful What We Do in the Shadows movie come out. So, by that saturation point, what's interesting is we had Marvel rebooting Morbius yet again, and we have this Morbius the Living Vampire Volume 2 coming out in 2013. It was nine issues. You had Cho Kinning, our writer, and Richard Elson, our illustrator, and preceding that, you had this limited series of four issues called Legion of Monsters. All right, Doc, here we are in 2013. What were your general impressions of Morbius the Living Vampire Volume 2? And maybe I should expound on this question. Say, Doc... How do you feel this iteration of Morbius was ref- was a reflection of the times? What was being served up to us in pop culture at the time?
1: A little background from my reading. So when we just, when we were sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to do Morbius, what, what should we read? So we originally were doing those first his first two appearances, in Amazing Spider Man, and then his next two appearances in Marvel Team Up. So I read those first, and then we were going to read. 2013 because we figured we'd get that would give us a good overall and so I didn't read because we talked about the 90s already I didn't read the 90s until after this in a nutshell I was so disappointed with this volume 2 that I'm like there's got to be something more to Morbius I need to read more so that's why I ended up going back and going to the 90s and everything um, this was a I think Morbius in 2013 is a direct reflection of to the what we're seeing in movies kind of sparkly he didn't look monstrous at all he looked like he just looked like a, like a young man like a 20 year old I think they even changed his age I don't know if they did for certain but he, the look of him he definitely looked younger than he looked in other volumes and I just did I did not care for the tone there was nothing edgy they were turning him into a they were basically turning him into a hero and it's just that's just not what Morbius is in my opinion from everything else that I've read and it was I, I thought it was very disappointing it was very there was no substance to it it was very shallow as far as the characters that we were getting it just didn't work for me at all this volume 2 in, the, uh, in 2013 yeah I agree with you definitely uh, I was underwhelmed by this series
0: yeah. from the art styling, which I really am not a big fan no. of this style of artwork at all. And it was a trend, actually, in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Uh, some folks refer to it as a minimalist style. I call it incomplete, frankly, as far as how I take it in. And that's a and that's a taste thing for me. I, it's purely subjective. Mm -hmm. So some folks might have really liked this style. I felt that this was an ill-defined series that was very confused. It didn't know what it wanted to be. You brought up a great point when we were reading this. And you said, man, this seems a little sparkly to me. And I didn't think it was sparkly as it related to the visuals it was as it related to the story. And folks, what Doc's getting at here, and this is a, a known jab at the whole Twilight series, if, if you don't like the lighter side of vampirism, you refer to that whole spirit series as the Sparkling series, the Sparkly Vampires. This was trying to portray Morbius with a heart, and they were putting Morbius in a hoodie, trying to make him a bit street. Now, you got to remember, this whole series started out in another Amazing Spider-Man volume, and him breaking out of prison. All right, got it. But he lands in a subsect of, what, Manhattan in New York City? Yeah. And he's living on the street. So you don't know if he is a vagrant, a street person, what he's supposed to do. It's crazy. It, it, it's really loony. I I just don't get what they were going for here because it was in direct conflict with all that they had established the Morbius character to be. This is not a street hero. This is a scientist. This is someone who is trying to save their own life because they've got a rare blood disease. This isn't some street-level vigilante type. This is not your daredevil. This is not a member of the Defenders. I just... Doc, am I missing something here? I just, this, this thing was just so lost on me. I, I read it. I, I persevered through the nine issues and went, okay, checking the block. I was just underwhelmed by it. I, I was, was
1: waiting for some time in those nine issues for it to switch gears and become the Morbius that we saw in the '90s, and it just never happened. It's like you said. I think you. I think you're saying it perfect. That they it, this series did not know what it wanted to be, and it tried to do too many different things. Um, it just seems like, hey, we need a Morbius series. You start writing it. We went our first issue tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it seems so rushed and so quick. They like, what was great in the nineties with Morbius was he could be, um, it would open up and he would swoop down and he would, and he would kill just an innocent person on the street. And then you would see how awful he felt about it. Like, Oh my God, it's this bloodlust overtakes me. I can't help myself. And you see that he's tortured by this, but in this, there's none of that going on at all in this. There's no, bad, I mean, his humanity is one. He's one. As far as I'm concerned, he is no longer a living vampire because he he, can, he seems like he can control it really well he uh, like you said he's like almost like they're grooming him to become the next member of the Defenders or or some kind of street level superhero team and it just do, it just doesn't work it's they even get rid of like the fact that he he's not sensitive to daylight anymore and if he is he's like very very minorly affected by it so they got rid of other qualities that really gave, rounded out his character and like I said they just gave us is he living on the street he's supposed to be this brilliant Nobel laureate winning scientist and now he's just some kid in a hoodie who beats up this one other gang member and now he's going to defend the people of this town. Uh, I just, yeah, I just didn't get it. I just don't know what they were doing. They had some pretty, remember, they even had the whole subplot of his father, if you remember yeah. that that went nowhere nowhere it went nowhere i don't know if this got canceled early but it went nowhere they just like which i thought was kind of cool it's like because we they did set up back in the amazing spider-man when he was first introduced that his father was very he was dedicated to his job he was never around and then they kind of brought him back i'm like okay that's kind of cool and then it just they dropped it as soon as they brought it up so it didn't even mean anything it was just it's just a mess and and to boot i agree with you it is a subjective thing but i was not Dig in the artwork at all. It's just it's just not my favorite style.
0: No, I agree. Yet, what's interesting, Doc,
1: on what can be perceived
0: as a more primitive style, meaning it is more simplistic, it can appeal to a younger audience. Mm. The Legion of Monsters from twenty eleven, which was published just two years before this, is absolutely delightful. Yeah. I read these four issues. And I felt it harkened to what Mike Mignola had done over with the entire Hellboy series and that whole BPRD realm and worlds. And completely different art styling, utilizing the Morbius character again with this legion of monsters to solve an issue. And it was fun. It was a fun, call it four-issue kid romp. It was great. <laughs> It was playful. It was really, really good stuff. Kind of the antithesis of this Morbius the Living Vampire Volume 2, which was just heavily disappointing. And the the only thing that I can say is in its utter confusion, I saw certain beats and hearkening back to those early Valiant titles from the early 90s as far as the level of street grit and violence. The the, the series does not lack for violence at all. No, no, it doesn't. but, But it is a complete mismatch or miscasting of the use of Morbius in this street hero role just, it doesn't equate, so anyhow, I I don't think we need to beat this dead horse any longer, let's go ahead and move on doc, shall we, and we hope that you all will stay tuned for the culmination of our Morbius celebration when we cover phase 4, Morbius volume 1, and also the one-shot Morbius Bond of Blood volume 1 Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we conclude our celebration of Morbius for Morbius
1: Week here on Kirby's Kids. Doc is back. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing great. Loving loving the uh, the Morbius life right now. Yes, yes,
0: yes, indeed. Let's take another bite, shall we? So, when we head into the 2000s here, and we're into the later 2010s, we started to see a vampire pop culture explosion happen. In the early 2000s, you had the remaining Blade movies come out. In 2002, 30 Days of Night, the comic book miniseries, 2003, Underworld movie, 2005, The Twilight Saga book start, 2006, Blade volume One Undead Again happens in comics. 2006, Blade the Series TV on Spike happens. 2007, 30 Days of Night, the movie happens. 2008, Twilight Saga series of films starts. 2008, True Blood, cable series on HBO. 2008, Being Human, the BBC series starts. Then you enter into the 2010s, Twilight Saga continues. The Underworld Saga continues. You got the Fright Night movie remake in 2011. 2012, Brings us Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. 2013, Brought in Morbius. Again, The Living Vampire, but now Volume 2. Which we already reviewed. 2012, we have Dark Shadows, the movie. We have 2014, What We Do in the Shadows, basically a wonderful documentary, mockumentary, farcical deal as it relates to vampires, really declaring that a saturation point and jump in the shark in all the best sense of the term. Which now brings us to our closer to the premiere of the Morbius movie. We have Marvel bringing us Morbius Volume 1, which came out and started in 2020. So this would be when the movie was originally supposed to be brought to us. It was originally scheduled to be an eight-issue series. It was truncated to five. Vita Ayala is our writer and Marcello Ferreira, our illustrator. Doc, what were your impressions
1: of this Morbius Volume 1? everything that was wrong with morbius in 2013 they absolutely corrected it and it's almost like they wanted to hey forget about that 2013 guys sorry about that because they go back to what makes morbius great i really i was so disappointed that we didn't get to see the rest of the uh, issues here read the first five issues and absolutely loved it luckily i think we got a pretty good it was like that first story arc that it didn't come to a complete conclusion they left some open for you know to continue it but we pretty much got a little bit of, of resolution for the first story arc but it is so great they go back to Mor- Morbius being this, you know, being intelligent, being the scientist and they keep the origin the same and even delve a little bit more into his origin and introduce a new character from the past that we've never seen before, which I, I like that. I enjoyed that as well. And, um, but they go back to making Morbius this conflicted figure. If you remember in previous episodes, I talked about how this, the, really the fight is with Morbius and his humanity. And they really, really show that in here. In fact, he tries to cure himself again and he loses his, he, he loses even more of his humanity. He kind of miscalculated on his serum, which I'm kind of thinking, he's not the best scientist in the world. He's, he's made all these really bad serums that made his thing worse, but it's, it was really good because we just get to see this vicious Morbius that's fighting for his humanity once again, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I burned through these five issues as well. Doc, in 100% full agreement with you, I absolutely loved
0: this series. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, my word. The illustrations were fantastic, Mm -hmm. and I know it was digital art, but it was great digital art. Oh my goodness, it was fantastic. I could not get enough of it and found reading it a, a joy. And before I knew it, I was done. It was, it was that it, it was that pleasurable of an experience there, and you know, to give folks an an idea with respect to this series, it really takes you on a very cool journey. I was liking all of the stories here, uh, Doc. What I wanted to ask you when we were reading this one was, what were your thoughts on the use of the sister in this story arc and in, in, in particular the one of morbius's friend yeah. and, and, and being a focal point here that was a new twist which we hadn't seen in previous morbius yeah. books
1: it's like, i don't know like i don't know if you, you did the same thing as i when you when we first saw this female character before she was introduced i think i was thinking they were doing an update of uh who Mar- who is his right was his lover who he You know, he basically abandoned her because he didn't want to hurt her. Right. So that's who I automatically thought. I'm like, okay, we'll see an update. But then it turned out to be a whole new character from his past. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Like I said, it it goes into his, you know, it expands it a little bit more. The only thing I thought was a little bit odd was then then when they go into some flashbacks it was always it was morbius emil who was his lifetime friend who mm-hmm. helped tried to help him find that cure and then elizabeth they were like kind of like the three musketeers right that's the first time we've seen that it was always him and emil but i, I liked it because i, I, I kind of like that idea it's kind of like a very almost like a punisher kind of origin where you know he killed her brother so she goes and she becomes this really badass fighter and and his, and his vows revenge on him um, yeah. and so in, in a sense what i really liked was like she was also fighting with her humanity as well even though she wasn't infected by vampirism, you know, she was losing herself to this blind vengeance and she would hurt other people um, just to get to him. And uh, I I really liked how that was resolved at the end, that they kind of, they didn't really make a truce, but they kind of came to, okay, I guess this is how things are. <laughs> and this is, we're just gonna have to, you know, learn with this unless we both lose our humanity to continue this fight.
0: Yeah, and
1: Doc, in addition to the
0: new character, being added here. I liked the return of Spider Man mm-hmm. back into yeah. a Morbius series and how they worked Spider Man in as a complementary component to the title being Morbius and this being Morbius's book. Mm-hmm. And you know, because anytime you bring the web slinger into a comic or onto a screen, immediately all the air gets sucked out of the room and goes immediately over to Spidey. The writer and artist here, Fida Ayala, and then Marcella Ferreira, do a spectacular job of not relegating Spider Man, but understanding the role Spider Man was playing within this story arc and proportionally within. The story and in the panels reflecting Spidey's importance or lack thereof from any given time as you're going through the story. And I thought it was a really, really fine job. A yeah. very fine job.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I like the uh, uh, spideyness. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't, P- was this the Peter Parker Spider-Man or was this Octavius that was, was this spectacular? I'm, I'm getting all the series mixed up now, I think, in my head. Because I remember there was one series and I think it may have been this one where it's the spectacular Spider-Man so it's not even Peter Parker so it's kind of cool because you get a different kind of interaction with Spider-Man in this case. You know, Spider-Man's not just acting out of like like that sense of of uh, responsibility that Peter Parker had. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's Doc Dock octavius in this when they did that that storyline i wasn't crazy about where i think octavius was dying and he put his consciousness into peter parker it was some kind of weird thing like that right um but he when he kind of felt the way Peter Parker was, he's like, oh, I could be doing so much more with my life. Basically, he's saying, I could be doing more with my life. I'm going to become a hero. And I'm going to I'm, gonna do things that Spider-Man wouldn't do. And I'm going to become more of a hero. That's why he called himself, instead of amazing, a spectacular. And I think that was the Spider-Man that we saw in this. And I liked that interaction with Spider-Man. But like you said, it could so easily then people shift their focus to, oh, what's Spider-Man doing? But I think it was really good because he was, Spider-Man was playing second fiddle to Morbius in these five issues for sure. Without a doubt. And I, I like that. I thought that was a nice change. Hey, Doc, what were your
0: impressions when artists would go the bold route of giving Morbius wings at times? From a visual standpoint, I really was not a fan of that so much.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's like he didn't need the wings because it was his bones. You know, he, right. he wasn't, he didn't need the wings to fly. So it was kind of like, it was like they were just trying to like make his costume look cooler, I guess. Or maybe, right. maybe it was just harking back to that one era of Spider Man when he had kind of like those web wings kind of going on. But yeah, it was, it didn't really need to, it's something that they could have left out <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and mind you, they weren't as pronounced in this particular yeah. book, but in previous series, I mean, they gave him full-fledged, almost like demonic <laughs> wings, and I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. And, and I, I've liked in the trailers for the new Morbius film, you have Morbius have the ability to to fly and float, but he's he's doing it based out of a a power yeah. that he has now gained through, yes, the 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 bat blood being part of that whole serum, but it's not like he's sprouting wings here, and you know, because I I think that you start to get into a little hokey unless you're going to turn this Morbius character into a full-fledged demon and have a full-blown permanent transformation and I, that's not what we're going for here with the Michael Morbius character to the best of my exactly. knowledge. So you know that was that was a, uh, a just an interesting visual twist but all in all I I truly enjoyed this series for if nothing else, bringing the scientist back into Morbius. Focusing in on trying to get that cure. Having Spider-Man be a complementary fixture towards that story arc. Just really, really well done. Very thoughtful. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed this book. Now, the one shot that we had just come out was a very interesting one. This, you know, Morbius bond of blood. I, I'm trying to figure out if this is Marvel throwing an Easter egg our way with this one shot. Now, they bothered to make it a volume one, and they've only put out one book. And I'm wondering if they're waiting for the movie to drop and see how popular it is to maybe continue this series. But this one shot hints at Ravencroft. Now, we saw Ravencroft in the last Venom film, and in this story, you have Morbius meeting up with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and the Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde character being in Ravencroft and then getting out of Ravencroft. And, you know, both of them being scientists, both of them having to manage their own creations here through, you know, drug therapy, for lack of a better term, or trying to find cures for things. It was an interesting addition by Ralph Macchio, who wrote it, and Tom Riley, the illustrator. It was an enjoyable tale. It was not on the same level of quality, I would say, as uh, Vida Ayala and uh, Marcella Ferrera's work. But it was good, and I enjoyed it. I- I'm just interested to see if this one develops any legs over time. Or if this truly was like a trial balloon that was being floated out there by Marvel. To see if a reading audience would latch on to this connection here between these scientists... The use of Ravencroft there, uh, Morbius delving in there. It was interesting. I- I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, i you know, my gut tells me that I think it's gonna feed into the movie because what we haven't seen in the trailer of the movie is the bad guy, and I could totally see Emil becoming the villain in uh, the Morbius movie. I mean, and what what better villain for MCU? It's they were buddies, they were lifelong buddies, and then through no fault of really, I mean, it was nobody's fault but Morbius. You know, he got this bloodlust and he and he killed him, and then but then all of a sudden he passed it on to him, and so I can kind of see something like that happening in the MCU, and I wouldn't be disappointed with that. But yeah, I agree. It seemed it seemed like they were testing waters with this one as well and it, like I said it wasn't it wasn't bad but it definitely wasn't good if they wanted to do a new series I wish they would just continue and pick off right where they left off with the uh, the 2019 series <laughs> and just pick that one and finish that off for us but uh, yeah that'll be interesting because that's always something if you, if you remember from way back from the 70s up until the two, 2000s um, they play around with this idea because he's not that traditional supernatural vampire that remember I, I remember when in the 70s he did not he was not able to create other vampires with his bite. right he would just he would just drain them and then boom they were done and then it wasn't until that 90s series when um uh, with with uh vick slaughter that he actually he bit Vic slaughter didn't drain him all the way and all of a sudden slaughters back and he is a zombie now, or I'm sorry a vampire now and so that was the first time we saw that he was actually able to transfer um his his uh disease onto somebody else and I think it may have been later in that series no so, see they all go they all come together now but there was another storyline where they accused him of creating a woman that was a vampire and it turned out that it wasn't him it was something else all uh, completely so it was interesting that they played around with this and they, nobody's ever kind of committed to either yes he can transfer for his, his disease, or no, he cannot. So um, I think it's like up to, up to the individual writer. And when times they did it, it worked for me, like making Slaughter a Vampire was really cool. It became one of his main enemies that kept reappearing over and over again. But for Bond of Blood, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that aspect of him for um, if they continue that series or into the movies. Yeah,
0: Doc, I frankly would just like to see the Morbius character in his pure form being yeah. essentially the culmination of Science Gone Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And stick to that. We've had enough of the other types of vampire tales. Plus, I think that will bring up a dynamic tension between the confrontation which we know will happen between Blade and Morbius and the fact that yeah, once yeah. Blade realizes that Morbius can't pass on his vampire condition, that'll allow for a collaboration. Between those two, mm-hmm. and it, but still have a dynamic tension there because let's face it, Morbius still needs to feed if yeah. he doesn't find this cure, but it, it lessens the severity or the urgency with which Blade would need to neutralize him or get him out of the way he can actually utilize Morbius to help and assist in some instances and become truly that team-up partner. So, from that standpoint, I, I hope they-, they stick pretty close to the source material. Well, yeah, Don- I
1: agree, because it, um, it also with the character of Morbius himself, because at the end of the day, Morbius is a good man. He's a good man that accidentally, he was just trying to save his own life, and he created this scientific vampirism. But I think if he knew that he was, every time he bit somebody, he was transferring that disease, I think he would uh, end his, I think he would end his life rather than go on that way so i agree it creates it creates like inconsistencies in his character and intentions that really don't need to be there so i'm with you i I hope they just stick with the scientific uh version of his um, vampirism and call it a day on that well doc this has certainly
0: been a fantastic journey into the legend lore myth backstory foundational works of Morbius the Living Vampire. What would you like to leave our audience with as they will be heading to the theaters to see Morbius on the big screen here in April?
1: You know, for growing up, uh, even when I was, because re- I was growing up on Marvel Comics, I never really read Morbius in the 90s or anything. And I'm so glad that we did this because I really enjoyed this character. Yes, every, every series, just like every character, every series is not strong. Overall, I really have come to love this character with all the readings that we've done. I think he can add a lot. I think he's going to be with the right writers, which I have nothing but faith in, the MCU. I think they can really bring out a really tortured character dealing with his fate and the fate of others because let's face it he holds a lot of fate over other people from what i've seen in the previews i think we're gonna see the really a really good morbius on the big screen and i think he will do nothing but evolve as blade comes into the picture and maybe they're even expanding their monster universe as well so i'm really looking forward to it i say jump into some of these series that we talked about and see for yourself and see uh and, and see what you feel about the character and how you think it'll translate i'd love to hear about it You need a doctor?
0: (laughs) I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. I'm here. To find a cure, we have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now.
1: Dr. Michael Morbius, you've been missing for two months. When
0: you're a stranger.
1: Then you were found on a container ship that washed up off a of long island.
0: Faces look ugly. When you're alone.
1: Johnny! What did you do to yourself, Doctor?
0: I wish I knew. from dying to being more alive than ever. It worked. Not exactly. I have increased strength and speed and some form of bat radar. What else can I do?
1: There are limits. There has to be.
0: There's something inside of me.
1: It wants the hunt?
0: consume blood. Michael. Can you control it? I don't know.
1: Half the city wants to kill you.
0: We haven't had anything this good since that thing in San Francisco. The
1: other half wants to control you.
0: Hey, uh, Dr. Michael. You and I should stay in touch. I'd do anything to save a life.
1: But I don't know what I'm capable of. You save lives, you don't take them. Are you here to heal the world? Or to destroy it? Who the hell are you, Matt?
0: I am Venom. I I'm just kidding. It's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service.